There are two things which should get most business owners excited. One is great search engine performance, and the other is substantial recurring revenue. And frankly, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. This week, my guest is Pete Everett, co-founder of SEO Hive. And Pete's a great example of someone whose whole business embodies something which Zig Ziglar is known for saying. You will get everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, then take a second now to subscribe in your player so you don't miss new episodes. Plus, you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. And don't forget to join our Facebook community. Just hit the shortcut URL amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. So, welcome along and let's meet Pete. So this week on the podcast, I'm delighted to welcome my friend Pete Everett uh, from SEO Hive back to the show. Pete, do you want to start maybe just telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are and the kind of work you do? Absolutely. Hey, Bob, it is great to be back. And uh, for those of you that can't see the recording screen, Bob has entitled this recording as Pete Everett, The Return. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I wanted to get that in just because it sounds cool. Um, my name is Pete Everett. I'm based in Sheffield in the UK. Uh, and as you said, I uh, I run a company called SEO Hive. We're a white label SEO service for agency owners, digital agency owners around the world. Um, and we offer white label services, but we also offer the training and the um, resources that you need as a digital agency owner in order to sell and deliver and manage your SEO clients. Now, I've known you were working on SEO Hive for quite a while now. And when you first mentioned it, I was immediately very excited because SEO is sold, in my experience, in one of two ways. It's either you get an email from somebody who says, I can make you number one in Google. Um, <laughs> you got my email then. <laughs> <laughs> and you know this is rubbish. Um, and yet clients fall for it all the time. Yep. The other side of it is there are digital agencies. Digital agencies sell in one of two ways. They're they're very, very client-led or they're stack them high, sell them cheap sales organizations. Mm -hmm. um, and even when they're stacking them high, it's not always cheap. And neither of those tend to work very well, particularly in this area of SEO, because it is a, an important niche. It's an important thing to consider in your business. But it is a specialism to an extent. Now, when I say to an extent... Again, SEO is not my area, so we're going to go quite deep on that mm -hmm. with you. But when I say it's very technical, a lot of it comes down to great content. And yep. a lot of people fall into the camp of, oh, you don't need to worry about SEO, just do great content, and that will work. However, there are other parts of SEO that if you accompany that with great content, really amplify the effect of everything you're doing. Mm. And... That's why your service is exciting for me because you actually have all three streams that really matter very transparently laid out for the customer to control and, and properly interact with. Do you maybe just want to start telling us a little bit about the SEO Hive service, how that's put together and how you see that working for clients? Absolutely. So 
the you're dead right seo is is a massive picture and depending on that famously there's 512 parts to the google algorithm although of course google won't tell you what all 512 parts are so you need to it's it's true that authority has become one of the very big metrics when it comes to to google's understanding of your website but again google doesn't really tell you how they monitor that it is driven by high quality well-structured content through your website but if you're then not worrying about some of the other things to do with you know site speed or uh, user user experience or um, mobile responsiveness or calls to action all that kind of stuff then actually you're only looking at part of the picture so anything you do in that area it's a bit like doing it with a seat belt on you're you're, you're not going to release its full potential so the way we've structured seo hive is that um for, to begin with, when you register any of your client sites with SEO Hive, you go through our onboarding process. It is non-negotiable. It is the way that we onboard sites onto our system, and it includes a full SEO and security health check so that we know that any work we do following that process is not going to be hindered by, you know, sort of a small uh, or or technical things that are running in the background that may hinder the progress. So things like um, minifying your JavaScript and CSS, for example. People may not know what that is. You probably don't need to know what that is, to be perfectly frank. But if we don't take care of it first, anything we do for you may, it, you know, it, it's got that seatbelt on. It, it's, it's not going to release its full potential. So the first thing is the onboarding process. Once we've gone through that, you can then register your website for one well, or multiples of three pathways that we've created. And those pathways are content creation. So we will actually go and do the keyword research and write the stuff for you and look for your competitors online and put together a content plan. Um, we will write up to two and a half thousand words per month for you. Um, that could be one mega two and a half thousand word article because you're in a very competitive niche and we need that kind of space in order to get the authority for you. Or if you're in a far smaller niche, it might be that we're doing you know a mix of 500 words or 750 word pieces so that you've got a few more bits coming out each month. That's pathway one. Pathway two uh, is link building. So we're to begin with, we're using complete white hat SEO techniques across every pathway, but particularly when it comes to link building, we are not going off and creating, um, you know, dedicated networks. We're not going off and buying links or anything like that. What we'll do is we'll go and source somewhere between five and ten high quality links for your website each month that your website's registered on that pathway. And every link will be of equal or higher domain authority than the site we're working on. So, you know, if you bring us a site that's already got a domain authority of 17%, then that will be the minimum that any links will come back. We're not going to go and register on forums with fake accounts to try and get you some, you know, 2 or 3% links. They're just not worth it. So that's the link building side of things. And then the final one is uh, an on-page SEO um, service. So that's basically taking care of anything else. So that could be optimizing copy that's already on the website. It could be looking at your uh, website hierarchy. It could be looking at conversion rate optimization. Um, it could be a whole host of things, but that then sort of gets put into the sort of on-page pathway.
So as a client, you can then register your website with either one, two, or all three pathways, um, and obviously the price is reflected. Now, you mentioned the price, and yeah. when you first said the price to me, I thought, ooh, that's quite expensive. However, when I sat back and thought about it, I thought about the number of people I would need to involve to get those services at that level, and all done completely white hat in a way that was transparent, and there was reporting alongside it. And I thought, I would have to spend probably double that or three times that to actually get what you're offering at that price point, which I thought was brilliant. Um, do you want to maybe just roll into the pricing a little bit so that I don't have to do it yeah, and get absolutely. it wrong? Yeah, no, no problem. And, so, and then I'd like to pull that apart a little bit as well. Oh, okay. Right, let's let's go In there. In a nice way. <laughs> so um, it, every site starts with a base fee of 250 US dollars per month. So that is uh, the onboarding process for month one. And then from month two onwards, that is access to a single pathway for that website. If you want additional pathways, they are charged at an additional $175 per month per site per pathway, if you see what I mean. So ultimately, if you if you did want to um, register a website with all three pathways on there, then it would be costing you $600 per month. The reason we've put those prices in place is because our model is basically that you can, at the very least, double what you're paying us to charge your client so that you're earning essentially a 50% margin uh, on it for your management time, etc. The one thing that people do need to understand is we don't deal directly with the client. So we deal with the agency owner and or the agency staff. And it, you know, so you will need some infrastructure in place to deal with the client on your end. That's actually considerably less than you originally told me. And I think you're right. I think you can at least double your money on that. Mm. Having spent money on SEO agencies and having worked with clients that have spent money on SEO agencies, a lot of the time the money is spent and it's it's spent into a vacuum. There's very little coming back. If you're lucky, you might get a, a, a ranking report once a month. But the reality is you've no idea what they're spending time on. Yep. And the gut feeling a lot of the time is they're actually doing nothing. What gives me a lot of confidence, particularly at this price point, is the level of transparency and the reporting that you have in place. Now, what I would quite like to understand, this is probably going a lot more granular than I need to, and I think that's prob probably because anybody listening can probably tell I'm quite, I'm quite intrigued by this for my own clients. <laughs> so there's an element of this is me shopping live online for you. Um, I'll give you the registration. Link at the end, Bob. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> Can you give me an idea what the agency owner's experience is of that platform where you're registering the sites and what they will have to go back to their clients with? Yeah. Okay. So um, I think the first thing before I get onto the sort of the dashboard and stuff itself. The first thing just uh, that I did just want to mention is that the reason we have the pathways is so that we can always be proactive with your clients' websites. So one of the biggest pieces of feedback we've had from um, agency owners that have used white label services before is that you know you're you're paying for a white label service because you don't have the skills to do this yourself or you you don't have the ability to scale it yourself you've not got the time uh, or the understanding or um enough kind of manpower if you like to actually haul this thing into action 
So the reason we've come up with the pathways is that it means that we can always be getting on with something for that particular client's website, even if you haven't instructed us to do XYZ specific thing. Um, that means that you're not just spending your money with an agency or a white label service provider and then them sitting back and saying, well, it's an insurance policy. If you don't use it, you don't use it. You need to give us instructions. We're waiting on you. To an extent, if you send something in, of course, we'll action that first. But if you don't or if, you know, you're, you're on holiday or you're, you're not 100% sure what to do, we will put that a plan in place and we, we can just then keep on actioning that month after month after month um, until you tell us that you want to either change pathway or you want to, uh, you know, maybe remove that site from the service, which we hope isn't going to happen, of course, but it, it's a possibility. So that's um, that's. Uh, something that I just wanted to mention about the pathways. In terms of what you actually get, so um, you do have a dashboard which you can log into and you can submit uh, your your requests. Within there, you will see all the reporting for every client. So we, we do generate monthly reports. They are branded with your logo so that you can simply send them on to the client. Um, it will. We, we've we've integrated it with things like Google Analytics, like uh, keyword trackers, like um, uh, website, uh, like site health check chat trackers. So you can always see the the sort of live progress of of how the site is behaving. Um, and then you can also then manage those websites, your websites in there. So you can see what the tasks are for each particular pathway for every site that you've got. You can obviously add pathways, remove pathways, onboard a new website if you want to, um, and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's quite a nice... Um, it's quite a, a nice kind of environment. It is tied directly into our project management system, which if agency owners are listening and they're bothered, we're using ClickUp. So it's <laughs> it's directly linked into our Clip, ClickUp account. So as we are moving tasks around in ClickUp and as our team is working on your stuff, you are getting the real-time updates. And an another question I have really around the kind of websites that you're bringing on. All websites are not created equal. You might have a little static HTML website in one corner and you might have the world's biggest WooCommerce site in another. Mm. And then somewhere else you might have a Joomla behemoth and then some nasty Microsoft website sitting in the corner. How are you controlling the sort of qualification criteria around what gets through the door that you work with because I don't think you would be able to just say we'll handle any website no matter what unless I'm wrong no you're not wrong um we are you know when we were when we were setting this up we had a really long debate about do we make this wordpress only or do we do we expand the, the horizons a little bit what what do we do with this and ultimately we came back to our main focus was to help agency owners develop streams of recurring revenue in their business. So really, the, the reason that we came up with this, so um, SEO Hive has been founded by myself and my partner, Jeff. Um, we're both agency owners. We're both former agency owners. We've both been in the agency game for well, I've been in it for well over a decade anyway. I don't think I've actually asked him how, how long he's been in it. But anyway, we've, we've both been agency owners for a long time. We've experienced that feast and famine cycle and we've both developed 
services that bring in monthly recurring revenue. And by monthly recurring revenue, I'm not talking about small charges like hosting fees or uh, even low value maintenance packages or domain renewals and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about, in, in my agency, it was SEO retainers. That's, that's what we sold. Um, so, uh, and because of that, we've seen the stability that that type of work brings to your to your basically to your life as a, as the business owner you don't need to worry about whether your bills are going to get paid you don't need to worry about whether you know you're going to be able to afford to pay all your staff each month or what happens when you hit christmas and it's actually really only a two and a half week month or easter because that shifts every year or whatever it might be um you've got that regular income and whilst you're then your project work most agencies who offer these services still do project work that simply becomes profit that is just the cream on the top of the cake so that's really where seo hive has been born out of um i've forgotten the question i've rambled <laughs> i think the question was to do with how do you handle many different that's cms right. systems and the absence of any cms system yeah so what we're what we've what we decided to do was that we would support um, any website on one of the mainstream sort of content management systems. And some people are going to hate me for saying this, but things like, so we, we're going to cover WordPress. Um, we will cover things like Wix and Squarespace if we if we have to. Um, we will cover things like Shopify and Magento if we have to. But what we don't want to do is having to start using FTP access and actually doing all of the code behind kind of the SEO stuff to, to drag that into into life. So we're not going to be supporting pure HTML sites, for example. Mm. Um, or I imagine websites written on Microsoft platforms and things like that. Yeah, but basically if it's got an admin panel in the back end and we've got the tool set in there that, or we can put the tool set in there that we can use to to optimize the thing for you, we'll support it. I think the next question a lot of people will probably think of is, okay, I'm paying 250 or so dollars a month let's see how many key phrases I can squeeze out of them for that. How many key phrases is it reasonable or how have you, how do you govern the demand around that? So that is another very good question. And I've worked with agencies or services in the past that have said, you know, you give us 500 quid a month and we'll do 10 key phrases for you. And there's a problem with that plan, which is that you may you, keywords are relational this is this is the the key thing like www dot stands for world wide web okay and that is a really good analogy as about how the internet works everything is connected together we use links to link websites together you have site maps that link your website into its own little web of itself its own little family tree if you like um likewise keywords are relational and they work in terms of uh, primary, secondary, tertiary key terms. But what somebody's tertiary key term might be somebody else's primary key term, depending on what niche they're in and who they're trying to target and all of that kind of stuff. So um, the way we work with it is on a... Um, is on an uh, is on an overview level. We're not we're not going to limit you by saying that 
we've got, you know, we're only going to work on 10 keywords for you. What we're going to do is we're going to identify what your primary key terms are and which the priorities of those are. Now, if your website's been around a while, you may well be ranking for some of those terms anyway. And, you know, it may be that there's some quick wins in place where, you know, you, maybe you're in position like 11 to 14 so for certain terms, so you're only just off page one. And you know what, a couple of good articles or a couple of links that come in for those terms could very well position you in somewhere between positions three and six. So hence, you're straight onto page one, we've shown some value, but actually, it's then a monitoring process for those terms. And we can work on something else. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's the, the next thing is you then need to think about the niche that somebody's in. So if you're if you're trying to rank for, you know, if you're a competitor to Nike and you're trying to rank for trainers, that is going to take you a hell of a lot more work than trying to rank for, um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, uh, women's size five running shoes with elastic laces, for example. Um, it's a really bad example, but it's an example. Um Maybe a better example is rather than ranking for four by fours, if you're a car salesman, is ranking for BMW diesel, three liter diesel, for example. Um, so we can then, by doing the, the proper keyword research, in we call them cluster maps, so in these pillars and clusters, we can then identify what the longer tail key terms are that are all related to those primary key terms. And we will then start to fill in the gaps with content to fill in that picture so that you end up with a whole wealth of content underneath your term of four by four. And it's only when we've started to fill in a good proportion of that picture will you actually really start to rank well for the primary competitive key term. Does that make sense? No, that does make a lot of sense. Um, and you explained it very, very well. Another question, I guess, is particularly around things like e-commerce stores where there may be hundreds of products and it might be the expectation of the site owner that you're going to be working on lots of sites at the same time. Not lots of sites, lots of products at the same time. Mm. Now, the agency owner has to own that relationship with the client and manage those client expectations. So what can you offer the agency owner in terms of education in order that they can properly be empowered to manage the customer's expectations? Once again, that's, that's a really good question. And when it comes to e-commerce or SEO for e-commerce, that's actually where I cut my teeth. I, I worked for, uh, in fact, I was a director of one of the largest e-commerce agencies in the UK outside of the M25, uh, so outside of London. And um, we we developed strategies around SEO that that looked at the product's role within sort of the SEO for the category terms. Um, so just to touch on that a little bit before I go into the, the educational side of things is that anybody that's looking at SEO for an e-commerce website, ultimately, if somebody knows the exact product that they want, they're going to find it. Okay. The real value in products for SEO is their ability to work into that family tree that I was talking about for the category pages that they they inhabit above them. So if you think a product can live in if you, let's go back to the trainers example. So you've got a you've got a training shoe 
It can live in trainers. It can live in men's shoes. It can live in women's shoes. It can live in blue shoes. It can live in blue training shoes. It can live in running shoes. It can live in trail shoes. It can live in um, not stiletto shoes. Do do you get the idea? That one Mm. asset can be used in multiple ways. And actually, it's those category pages that hold the real big SEO value. Because as I say, if somebody knows the exact shoe they're after, they're going to find that shoe as long as your website's structure is okay they're going to find your shoe it's it's about how you can then leverage the power of those products to create pseudo categories within your website that actually resonate with the key terms that people are putting into um putting into the search engines so when it comes to e-commerce stuff I know that wasn't really what your question was about, but I, I could go on about that for hours. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's In terms of where I start geeking out on SEO, that, that really does sort of float my boat. Um, I would have to peel my face off the desk afterwards. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and avoid that. Um, so the, one of the reasons we called SEO Hive SEO Hive is that we don't just want it to be a, an, a white label SEO partner. We want it to become a training and education platform, a hive of knowledge, if you like. So alongside all of the white label SEO services that we will carry out for every website that is registered on our system, for every paying client, they then get access to our bank of resources and those resources they're going to develop over the t- over time you know i'm not i'm not going to i'm not going to lie to you at the moment it's a little bit thin on the ground because we're just launching and it's this is going to be our big piece of developmental work as we move forward but what this hive of information will become are the resources that you need to structure your business to actually uh, you know sell and maintain the seo contracts from your side of things we'll have templates and swipe files and downloads of proposal documents and um you know all of the information and literature that we need that you need i should say in order to um uh, you know to, to sell the things we'll set up the the automatic emails so that the reports come straight to you um so there's going to be this whole Uh, educational piece that comes along with the hive which you just get access to simply by being a customer of ours we're not going to charge extra money for it it's not going to be that you need a minimum number of websites it's just you know as a customer of ours you get access to this stuff because ultimately if we can help you sell and deliver the you know your side of the seo retainer you build more confidence with us, you sell more of them, you register them with us. So it, it's all this nice sort of, um, this nice circle where, where everybody's sort of trying to help each other. It becomes a bit of a sort of, um, uh, I was going to say love triangle, but that's really not what I mean. <laughs> a, virtu- a virtuous circle, I think, is what you're looking for. There we go, a virtuous <laughs> circle. <laughs> I think for the listener that doesn't know Pete, um, they, they won't know that actually you're somebody that has quite a deep commitment to content and creating content. You've run your own podcast considerably longer than I've been running mine. So when you say you're going to have a commitment to education, I know that that's quite genuine. That's not simply marketing guff, as many people might expect. I'm very confident that will be the case. And what I'd like to look at now, just briefly, because there are a lot of these around, what are some of the SEO myths that are very, very commonly held as truths that if I was to put you on the spot and say, let's bust a few myths, what are your top 
three SEO myths that really get you down? Oh, that, that's a that's a really good one. Um, uh, right, my first the first SEO myth is <laughs> my first SEO myth is that Google's PageSpeed Insights gives an accurate representation of your website. It doesn't. Google PageSpeed Insights is one of the worst pieces of software I've ever come across, and I don't trust a thing it says. Um, if you don't know what Google PageSpeed Insights is, uh, Google it and go and run your website through it. And if you've got a high score, you'll feel really good about yourself and you'll forget about it. And if you've got a low score, you'll worry about it like Bilio. And actually, we've ranked websites for some of the most competitive key terms that but PageSpeed Insights says that it's a rubbish website. And likewise, we've had websites that score 100% on there and can't rank for anything. So that that's myth number one. Myth number two. <laughs> myth number two. Um, uh, myth number two is that you can't write too much copy. You can actually write too much copy, because uh, on an individual page, I, I will prepend that to that sentence. Um, so, like I said, the 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 internet or SEO, all of this stuff. Uh, uh, the the web is a great example of all of this stuff. The way that we approach our copy is that everything needs to be in balance and in relation. So you're in, if you're trying to rank for a key term, you're actually in competition with the people that already rank on the first, ten, in the first 10 results of that, you know, on page one for that particular key term. Now, if you go and let, let, let's say, you know, you, you want to rank for the, rank for a term. So you go and write. 15,000 words and go and put it on a web page. You'll probably get to pay to, to top spot with that. That's great. However, SEO, like with everything else, is also in relation to your conversion metrics. So if you're writing something that technically works, but it is so dull as dishwater that frankly, nobody's going to get past the third paragraph, because what you're really trying to do is teach somebody that already knows this thing about how to suck eggs. And um, because you're playing the game purely for the search engines, then you're actually not going to get the conversion out the other end of it because people are never going to get to the converting part of your page because it's so darn well far down the thing because you've written so much. If you see what, do you see where, where I'm coming from with this? Yeah, that's very clear. So the, the myth is that too much, you can't write too much. You can write too much. What you need to do is understand how to play the game because really, you just need to beat the top those people in the top 10. You need to be 10%, 15%, maybe 20% better than them. And that is enough. So it, it's the, that, that is the second myth. Um, and the answer to it is understanding how to play the game. And is there an element of test and adjust? See what impact you have with one thing. Give it some time and then learn from that and try something again. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, Without wanting to go into sort of the technical, too much technical detail about it, essentially, um, each each search engine, whilst they may have slightly different criteria, they all work in the same way, which is they all have their bot that goes out and starts at page one of the internet and scans every page of the internet right through to sort of page 17 and a half billion. And then when it gets to the end, it goes back to page one again. Now, um, we don't know where or when 
the 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 bot is going to find your new piece of content or your revised piece of content so it could take it up to even a couple of weeks to find any changes that we've made to your website it's normally quicker than that but it could take that long so seo is always a longer term game you can't anybody that sends you an email that says i'm going to get you to number one in google and i'm going to do it in three days they they just don't know what they're talking about. They That is not possible. It cannot happen. So actually, again, this comes into the structure of the pathways that we have with SEO Hive, is we can do something, we know what we've done, it then gets tracked in your dashboard. We can go away and do something else and then monitor the progress of that original piece of work and then we'll monitor the progress of the second piece of work and the third piece of work and so on. So it all becomes this kind of um, sort of engine that cranks into life. And then once we can see that any improvement with that has tapered off, we can then review that and put in place what we need to to then take it on to the next level and the next level until you are in a reasonable ranking position. Right. Okay. So myth number three. Uh, myth number three, um, every page needs a video. Google can't read videos. You, videos need to be accompanied by transcriptions. Um, and I've worked with websites that have literally been a video at the top of a page and a contact form underneath with a menu at the top somewhere that lets you get from one page to another. And then people say, why is it not ranking? Um, and I know that the YouTube bot is getting far better at understanding what words are within videos and that kind of thing, but that actually only helps the ranking in YouTube. It doesn't help your website one jot. So, um, yeah, the myth number three would be videos are great. Don't get me wrong. And in terms of conversion and that kind of stuff, they they, they work really well. But you cannot use them as standalone articles. They need to fit into the, str the strategy and the structure of your website and be used in the right way. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think one area that I'd maybe expand on with you to see if I'm correct is although videos in themselves are not going to improve your search rankings, one of the signals, one of the 500 or so signals that Google is looking for is the dwell time on a page. Yep. And if a video can keep someone on that page for longer, then maybe that'll have an impact. But that's where it's really having the impact. Can, can I add myth number four as well, which oh, I've just thought do. of? Uh, myth number four is that pay-per-click has nothing to do with SEO. That, oh. that is... I'm not saying that they're directly linked and if you can always do SEO without pay-per-click, but SEO, uh, it was the words dwell time that, that, that sort of flagged it in my head. Any piece of content, G Google knows all, Google sees all, you run Google Analytics on your website, they understand how long people are on your page, how long, uh, what they click on when they're, when they're on there, whether they bounce off it, whether they go two pages deeper, three pages deeper, whatever it might be. Google sees everything so by actually having if you've got a brand new piece of content and you can afford it and you've done the keyword research so that you know what you're putting within the ads if you can run pay-per-click advertising be it on social media or google ads or whatever it might be to brand new content it means that when the google bot gets there and indexes it for the first time it already has this wealth of data from people that have visited it through pay-per-click and that can help you with your your seo rankings as well mm, that's that's a really good idea it's really accelerating probably the process that you would have achieved anyway but it's just happening much more quickly yeah absolutely 
Yeah, that's a really good idea. So bringing that back then, what are a few things that if you're not engaging with an SEO agency, you should anyway be doing just as a general business owner's contribution to his own search performance? So one of the biggest things that we see with um, customers who have websites is that we get reports that, hey, look, we've got this client, they've had a website for two and a half years and it was doing really well in Google and now it's just dropped off the face of the planet and it, you know, the highest rankings on page three or page four and it's just not doing well and we don't understand why. And we then go and look at the website to see that the blog hasn't been updated since 2018, that half the people on the Meet the Team page no longer work there and the page has never been updated, that the home page has had the same banners on it since it was designed and sent live and basically the thing's been neglected a little bit and it did initially, it initially did well and then it's just been taken for granted. People forget about it. And then the first time they notice it is when it's no longer there. Um, so what you can do as a business owner with your own website is make sure that you are creating some form of regular content on there so that things get updated. Um, having things like a news feed from your blog or something on your homepage is a brilliant idea because then when you publish that blog, it doesn't only create the page of the blog, that's the first thing it does, but then it also updates your news page. It then will also update your home page because something on that page will change. Um, you then have the ability to link into external, um, sorry, additional content that you have within your website already. So you get this in, um, internal linking structure going on. So all of a sudden, just by creating that one piece of content could be, it gives you the ability to update all of these other things. Now, I... Blogging isn't for everybody. Writing news stories isn't for everybody. And if, if it's not for you, then SEO Hive has a content writing service and we can help you with that. Um, but I mean, w when we first met, Bob, we'd, uh, I'd just started my podcast. So I'm up to, I'm heading for sort of 100 episodes of this now. It's, it's two and a bit years old. And what the reason I started the podcast was I don't actually like typing all that much. I don't like writing. Having that, I get that you know, having a blank screen with the cursor flicking at me, it just doesn't inspire me at all. But what I hope you can see as we're now 37 minutes into this podcast is I can talk for Britain. <laughs> so actually having a podcast, uh, which meant that my content creation was, I found the format for my content creation, which is, which plays to my strength. That can then be turned into show notes. It can be transcribed. It can be you know, a, a copywriter can listen to it and create a blog post out of it. All of a sudden, I can now repurpose that one thing into a number of different uh, formats that will then help my SEO. Um, mm. And as such, you know, I've got pages on my site that rank, outrank Moz. Moz is one of the leading or the leading SEO indexes on the internet. And I've got pages that outrank them, all because I found a medium which was easy and enjoyable for me to create content. I absolutely echo that, that the podcast is the best thing that ever happened to my search ranking. Initially, I wasn't particularly strategic around how I was deploying the podcast on the website. But since I actually started becoming a little bit more thoughtful about that, I am comfortably ranking head and shoulders above any of my main key term competitors mm -hmm. it's ast astonishing really 
that that can happen in such a short time. Yeah. I think what I'm curious to spend just a few minutes on is we've we've spoken about the service, the product, the 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 SEO deliverable as such. What I'm keen to explore is how that is is going to be reflected in your content marketing going forwards because you have Pete Everett, the marketing development podcast. What plans have you got to pivot your content marketing to be aligned with SEO Hive? You know, I, I wish I'd had the time over the last few months to actually put a plan in place for that probably. <laughs> um, the, it's something that I'm going to have to do. And part of the, so part of the, the reason that my podcast came about was that I co-own my agency uh, and my business partner's brilliant. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, however, he's significantly older than me. So I'm in my mid-30s, and he's kind of in his, I'm going to be kind and say mid-50s, but it, it's, it's upper mid-50s, um, <laughs> in his mid-50s. And uh, when we set the company up, we made a commitment to each other that we were going to put at least 10 years' work each into our agency to and we will be committed to it and we want to see growth in these areas and we put a plan in place but as i would advise anybody to do when they're going into business with somebody else you do need to discuss about your exit strategy as you're entering the company once when you're talking about mythical figures and mythical money and a mythical team it's far easier to be honest about what it is that you want to get out of it than when you've got 10 million quid on the table, somebody wanting to buy it, somebody not wanting to buy it, uh, staff, livelihoods, all of those pressures around it. So what became apparent was that Steve has an exit strategy and we're now sort of three years into this. So where my podcast came from was that I wanted something that wasn't linked to Steve so that when the time came, uh, I had something to fall back on. And it's actually through that, through the creation of that, that I've met a ton of brilliant people, including yourself, Bob, and uh, and I'm and the SEO Hive ideas come out. So at the moment, I don't yet know where the personal brand of Pete Everett and the marketing development podcast that sits with it also fits into the SEO Hive and what is needed what type of support that needs what 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 ultimately i want to happen is that when seo hive grows past a point i will that seo hive will almost become part of the platform for my personal brand it's just at the moment it's the other way around um so yeah that that is a very good question and uh at the moment one thought i have had is that the current podcast simply become sponsored by SEO Hive to give it some some exposure. Um, whether we then move past that or beyond that, I don't yet know. Mm. Whatever it is, I have no doubt it will be really, really good. I think to, to sort of bring things to a conclusion a little bit, there are two kinds of people listen to the podcast. There are those who are business owners. They're not agency owners. And I would hope they've had a lot of value from this about how they can start focusing on their own SEO and that they have some actions they can take there. And I'm quite sure if somebody's not an agency owner and they want to hire SEO Hive, there's probably a way that can be done. Mm -hmm. If you are an agency owner or somebody who's working on the digital marketing spectrum, multiple streams of revenue are really important. And as you said, 
revenue streams that are recurring, that don't require an awful lot of maintenance or labor to keep them rolling. They are what really gave me a sense of freedom in my business that I hadn't experienced for 10 years. And if you are an agency owner and you don't have recurring revenue streams, this is your opportunity. Um, I thoroughly encourage you to engage with Pete's business because I am. And I'm looking forward to continuing to build my recurring revenue in partnership with you, Pete. Thank you. So my last question to you, this is a question I'm trying to remember to ask every guest, and I've been pretty good recently, is what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? Uh, the the cop-out would be to say SEO Hive, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, that would be a cop-out, <laughs> sorry. Not good enough. Um, the... The thing that's really challenged me, actually, it is linked to SEO Hive, and it's something, it's something that I've known, and I've, I have actioned it in my agency before, but I've never embraced it quite the same way as I've had to embrace it as we've, as we've set up and, and launched SEO Hive, is the development of standard operating procedures, SOPs, and, uh, but as it turns out, Bob and I were both on a, a call just before we recorded this and uh, SOPs came up in the call and, and a guy made a comment about, oh yeah, I have SOPs for everything. And you know what? I thought that actually with my agency, I took the view that I would just create SOPs on the as we go. So basically as the jobs needed to, to be delegated, that's when the SOPs would be created and over time we'd get there and it'd be fine. You know what? that actually just hindered me delegating stuff because it meant that every time I wanted to delegate something, I had to create an SOP. And that was then more work to do before I could delegate the task, if you see what I mean. Um, so with SEO Hive, I really embraced standard operating procedures. I geeked out on them for like a month. And uh, I found different ways of doing them. And that did mean that I had to get my hands dirty in writing some of them, but it also meant that I could use techniques like uh, filming the filming the process and then getting the guys that were going to actually action the procedure to watch the video, write the SOP off the back of the video, submit that back to me so I could check it, and then I'd send them a test piece of work that says, yep, your SOP is great. Here's here's a piece of work that we're going to send through that SOP. Please tell me when it's been done so that they would have then not only gone through it, but they would have written it in the first place. So five years ago, I wished I'd SOP'd everything as it was coming on, uh, coming online because in my agency, I left it too late and then it simply became a hindrance rather than a help in trying to drag it back into sort of where it should have been. That's a brilliant answer. I really love that. So anybody listening wants to engage with your business, I am going to share the link amplifyme.fm forward slash SEO Hive. You can find out about everything there. But if people want to connect with you, Pete, how would you like them to do that? Uh, so they... They can, by all means, go through uh, the SEO Hive website, and there's um, our, our email address is just hello at seohive.co. Um, alternatively, um, they they can search for Pete Everett, and there's peteverett.com. That's got links to all the social profiles. It's got my podcast on it, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I'd be more than delighted to to talk to anybody. Uh, be you a, biz, a business owner or an agency owner, and it, obviously, if you do have questions about how SEO Hive can help you, then I'd be more than delighted to um, to talk to you. 
but you've been a great guest thank you very much for giving me your time again it's been great fun and i look forward to seeing you again soon you too bob see you soon man i hope you got as much out of that interview as i did pete's a great guy and in the often shady seeming world of seo offers a really fresh opportunity for all of us to serve clients better with great seo and feel good about profiting from it at the same time before i go just a reminder to subscribe and if you haven't already then join our facebook group you can find a link in the show notes or just hit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders i would love for you to connect with me on social media follow me wherever you hang out and you'll find me at bob gentle and if you do then message me so i know and i can follow you back if you enjoyed the show then i would love for you to review on itunes it means so much to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers my name's bob gentle thanks again to pete for giving us his time this week and see you next week <laughs>